Whoa, Mike, this is too much. Oh my god. What? Here comes the What's waterfall. Oh my god. Oh, we're gonna fall. No! no! Freeze. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Well, it's a funny story. Let's rewind to earlier today. We're trying a new setup today, Mike. Uh, yeah, we sure are, Alex. I, I like it. I can look you straight in the eye. Yeah, I don't like the central eye contact that's happening right now, I, to be perfectly I, I, honest. The waving eyebrows of, of seduction never <laughs> cease to amaze. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you call them. I'm, as all normal people do, give nicknames to their eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did I nickname them? Yeah, you kind of did. The waving... Eyebrows of Seduction. It's a it's a bad nickname. <laughs> it's not it's, a nickname. It's, it's a title. It's a t uh, fine. That it's also a title. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Welcome back to the Weekly Undertaking. I am Mike. I'm Alex, and we're so excited to see you again. Yeah, well, not see, because as we constantly remind the listeners of this podcast, <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. This feels weird, because usually I'm talking to nothing. Yes. But now I'm talking at you yeah. all the time. It's, it's weird talking to people. Yeah, but I feel like I can actually hear you. Yeah, which is good. It's yeah. a very good thing. I'm, but, I'm into this. But yeah, this is the Weekly Undertaking, everybody. The podcast where we do weird things every week. And then we talk about them after we do the things on the episode that you're listening to. Fair, it, yes, that is correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. This week we got a little spoopy. We got we got kind of spoopy. Yeah, and it was so much fun. I, I love these types of research episodes that are interesting. Yeah. <laughs> ouch, number one. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's an ouch. But well, I guess, well, I guess last week we did weird history. That was last week, right? That was last week, yeah. Last week we did weird history, and that was a lot of fun. That was a good time. That was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, it's time for kind of a different area of history unsolved mysteries yeah what uh what i i gotta say we are breaking new ground we are doing a true crime podcast yes what a what a great you make this joke every time we do something involving true crime well i gotta it's gotta be acknowledged it, it, i guess it has to be acknowledged because we don't do we don't do true crime that well this is like what the sixth episode that we've done of true crime I don't even know if it's that high. It's probably not that high. It's probably like episode four, because we have two Halloween specials, right. and I can't think of a third. Right. So you're right. This is probably this is probably number three or, three four. or four. Yeah. But regardless, we don't do this a lot, but there are so people that welcome. make- So you're welcome. Yeah. This is a special episode, and you all should be Apparently, thanking us. Apparently, people like these types of things. I would imagine, because there's an entire industry ba based around them. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, we're diving into uh, the- unsolved stuff and i don't know what you did and you don't know what i did yeah and mike was telling me before we started that he's dreading the day that we eventually <laughs> accidentally pick the exact same thing it's kind of inevitable i mean didn't we at the very beginning of the podcast we and uh when we did like the listen to other podcast challenge yeah we ended up listening to the same episode of the last podcast on the left right because it was the most recent podcast exactly. episode of the last exactly. podcast on the left and i think we also did that with no sleep yeah for the, in the, on that same episode that's the only time we've ever done the same thing accidentally yeah but like there are so many unexplained phenomenon exactly. in in history in the world mm -hmm. that like i don't know i hope we didn't pick the same yes. one speaking of which speaking of unsolved mysteries before we get started i want to give a special show Shout out! I mentioned him last week. The YouTube channel that chapter. Yes, he is. I, I think underappreciated. He's do doing very, very well, but I still think he's underappreciated. His name's Mike. 
So I know you would like it's him. It's a great name. It's yeah. the best name. Very unique. Uh, sorry, Mike. Ouch. Not you, Mike. Um, that chapter, Mike. Well, listen, there is no, uh, there's no beating the best. Yeah, he, he talks about true crime and unsolved mysteries, and I... Well, he also does, like, unexplained Reddit threads and stuff like that, too. That is too. true, too, and I love that stuff. Which is a weird turn, I gotta say. I mean... From, all right, this is a grisly triple homicide murder, and this is someone that wrote something weird on the internet this one time. It's all mystery. Yeah. You know who does Reddit mysteries so well? Nexpo. I think I told you about him, too. Yeah, I've checked out a couple of his yeah. things. They're, uh, they're they're very fun, yeah. His stuff is so interesting. I, yeah. I kind of was being facetious there for a second, but, like, Reddit and internet mysteries Can be are creepy really shit. weird, too. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like the internet is a terrifying void of weirdness. Because, like, I mean, one on the upside... Like, one of the upside things to everything kind of always being recorded, weird shit gets caught sometimes. Always, yeah. And it's fun to dissect and see, like, what the hell happened here. Do you ever wonder, like, generations from now, um, archaeologists are probably going to be going through the internet for, for this kind of stuff. And I just wonder how much is actually going to be looked at. Findable, even. Yeah, because there's hundreds of thousands of hours of... You know, videos uploaded to YouTube every minute, just let alone everything else. Exactly. There's so much there. I mean, I'm sure you can find anything if you have to, even yeah. unless it's been deleted. And there are websites that like, like I think like it's called like the Wayback Machine or something like mm-hmm. that, which like show you like websites, uh, how they were like years ago. Yeah, that's true. That that is a thing that exists, which is super interesting. I, it I really is. Do like I, that kind of I stuff. don't know. I just find it very interesting that like, yeah. you know. And I will say the internet as a whole, tying kind of back to this theme, the internet as a whole has actually participated a lot in the solving of of mysteries. Yeah, when people team up, it can produce some very quick and powerful results. Yes, not always accurate, but quick and powerful Powerful are two. Yes, exactly. I go back to the to the. uh, a, a memory of it not working well is the memory of the Boston bombings because, you know, people were freaking out and accusing random people just off of nothing. And yeah. that was not good. People are getting better at it, though, especially in recent years. I agree. Because, like, everyone's got, like, sources and, like, with, like, stuff like Reddit and YouTube. Like, it's easy and 4chan even. Yeah. I hate to admit it. They do they do good work. They Occasionally. Occasionally. Like, <laughs> you put together a thread... And, like, it's just, like, hundreds if not thousands of people feeding information to the same questions. Yeah. That just – they just get solved so much faster than if it was one, uh, like, lucide detective. Yeah. Now, this is a very minor example compared to the things that we're going to be talking about, but I can't think of any actual true crime stuff. Um, But the thing that comes to mind most recently is the Astros baseball scandal. Um, uh, I don't know about this. Tell me about it. Okay. So basically, um, the Houston Astros were cheating a lot during the 2017 MLB season. Nice. Which is a big deal because they won the World Series that year. Oh. So the, there's a huge asterisk next to their name. But basically how they did it was um, they had a camera in center field trained on the catcher's fingers. And what the catcher does every every pitch is tell the pitcher with his fingers what pitch to throw so that they're on the same yep. page. And so what that what happened was the Astros used the footage from that camera to go into their they put it into their dugout and whenever an off-speed pitch was coming, they would bang a drum so the batter <laughs> so the or they would bang a trash can so the batter would know which, which pitch was coming. Wow, that is cheating. It That's is, like you can't even put it any other way. That is actually cheating. So when those accusations broke, for the entirety of I think it was like 
summer off season 2019 yep um baseball uploads uploads all their video all their games to youtube <laughs> do people go through them every single time literally the entire baseball community it was a, a search where they would just go through and mark every time they heard um the trash can banged and what pitch was being thrown at what time and like that is years worth of research done in the span of a month and a half which is crazy yeah and that's, now now the all. astros are being uh reprimanded so it sucks for the astros and astros fans but it's really cool what is possible with the internet it is cool yeah did i ever tell you my idea um, for when the internet gets too like kind of overcrowded and usernames are so scarce that no one can name them. You mean themselves. already? But like even more. Okay, yeah. I call it Internet 2. It's the same thing, <laughs> but completely separate. Alex, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but that is the single stupidest idea I've ever heard. Come on, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, oh, I'm I'm Dan dot. Go at gmail.com on Internet 2. On Internet 2. Like, you could get, like, I could get Can Alex I send things from at... Internet 1 to Internet 2? No. It's, they're completely separate. This seems like an inefficient system, because then the overcrowding things will just move over to Internet 2. And it'll bounce out, and then each glass will be half full for a while. All right. I... Okay, for a while. And yeah. then we then we got to throw in Internet 3 to everything? Internet... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We gotta come up with a better name for it than Internet Two. No, I love it. This it's so, just the sequel, Internet the movie two, sequel, The Return. <laughs> oh God! All right, I'm excited to talk about unsolved mysteries. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a hard turn. So, Mike, you wanna tell me your unsolved mystery, and then I'll hope that I didn't do the same one. All right. Yeah, I did the Austin the sorry the Austin yogurt shop murders. I almost did that oh my god what did you do <laughs> i i didn't do that though um, thank god i did the bowling alley massacre in las cruces okay cool yeah i mean that sounds bad i don't want to make it sound like i'm i'm celebrating yes. the bowling alley no. massacre i actually i was listening to that chapter's uh thing on the yoga shop murders and then i stopped because i wanted to do this one instead because the bowling alley okay cool that's valid um yeah, I also watched the uh, the that chapter's um, rendition. I don't know what the right word is of the Austin Yoga Chat murders. Reporting. Thank you. That's a better word for it. Yeah, and since he's probably done a far better job than either of us will, I'm gonna put the links to both of those ep- these episodes in the description. Yeah. So you should go watch them. Yeah, even if we do a really good job, which is not likely, but even if we do, he has a lot of primary source materials, at least for the video. I didn't watch the one on the bowling alley massacre. Oh, it's but, a crazy story. Yeah, but he did like have, uh, he had videos, eyewitness testimony, stuff like that for the Austrian yoga shop stuff. So I, uh, yeah, he does a really good job. I highly recommend him. Exactly. Yeah. Would you like to do go first? Or do you want me to go first? I don't care. I can go first. Well, now that you don't care, now I have to go find a coin. All right. This is dead air that will almost certainly not be cut out. Yeah, it will not be cut out. <laughs> I found a bottle cap. All right, cool. My heads or tails? All right, I'll take tails. All right. It's flipping and it's heads. All right, so you're going first. Oh, uh, okay. Right? That's how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, it's fine. All right. <laughs> we didn't establish what the bottle cap was. No, we didn't. Now, a, in hindsight, a mistake. All but. right, so tell me all about the Bowling Alley Massacre. What year right. did it happen in? So, this happened in February of 1990. It was recently the 30th year anniversary of this crime. Oh, okay. So, yeah, still unsolved. Really? Yep. Um. So, let's see. <sighs> I got to find the start of this thing. So, February 10th, 1990. A little after 8 a.m., 
I believe her name is Ida Holguin. Holgen was in the kitchen of this bowling alley uh, preparing lunch. She was the cook. Okay. I'm going over the people that were there at okay. the time. No, please do. Early in the morning, bowling alley has not opened yet, and it's a Saturday. Okay. So it's going to be a busy-ass day. You sure know, is. Uh, for bowling alleys. Oh, and I picked this one because I like bowling. I didn't say that, but I like bowling. It's a very weird I, – I, I mean, I understand the association – but it's kind of weird of, like, I enjoy the, the thing that this murder took place at. You know? I mean, it's true. <laughs> Do you like yogurt? I, I, I'm kind of neutral towards yogurt. Frozen I, yogurt. I enjoy it, but right. it's not my favorite thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's just like, hey, they were killed doing something I like. Well, that's what I did. And they weren't bowling. They were in a bowling alley. They oh, all okay. worked there. Oh, I see. Inside the office was day manager Stephanie Senek working on adding up the receipts from the night before. Also, the link to this story is going to be in the artic- uh, in the description. Are you reading from an article? Yes. Okay. I do not do notes. I don't know. Maybe you put effort in. Anyway, Stephanie has brought her daughter, Melissa, uh, age 12, and her daughter's friend, Amy, 13, uh, on that day. The two girls were just kind of hanging out, and they were going to work at the bowling alley, uh, the daycare in the bowling alley that takes care of the kid kiddos the little kiddos little kids yes um aside from that i believe it was stephanie's brother steve um popped in a little after eight like 805 he ran in and he's like hey i forgot my backpack from the other day and he picked it up and he was leave and he left while he was leaving he happened to see two men walking towards the bowling alley um but you know he just left after that because Right. It's two guys. It's two guys. It's a Saturday morning. Yes. They probably want to go bowling. Yes. But the bowling alley wasn't open yet, of course. Okay. However, for some reason, the door was open. And around 8.20, a gunman walked into the kitchen and forced Ida into the office. There, another gunman was already holding the manager and the two young girls hostage. Oh, God. So, this is where things kind of get a little... Ooh. Yeah, it's horrifying. So, the two men then made Stephanie let them into the safe... Um, and they appeared to take only $4,000, and they left some money behind, which is interesting to me. Um, it also, it doesn't say in this article, but that chapter took a moment to bring up the fact that it appeared that these two men were looking for something specific. Okay. But it was unclear whether or not they found it, um, and he guessed that they did not because they just took money Okay. after, like, the fact. That makes sense. Now— what happened next is something the men were not expecting. Steve Terran, who is 26. Oh, wait, no, her brother wasn't Steve. Her brother was named something else. This is Steve. Different guy. Okay. He's a mechanic at the bowling alley. Okay, so the mechanic named Steve. Yeah, and he just walked in on this crime scene that's taking place right now. And the sad part was he was, who was he with? I think he was with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked in, he headed into the manager's office and kind of just like, oh, uh-oh. So, of course, they forced them down as well. And after kind of looking around for a little bit, getting their shit together, they proceeded to fire 25 shots into all the people. Oh, my God. Um, so then after that, they finished robbing the place. They shot all the victims. Then they decided to set fire to a couple papers and leave them on the desk, expecting the place to go up in flames in a little while. And did, did the place go up in flames? 
It did not all the way. Okay. But for the reason for that is because after they left, Melissa, the young girl, mm-hmm. um, was still alive with five bullets in her. Oof. Um, and she called 911. And we're not going to play the 911 call. Right. But I highly suggest you listen to it. I was I, I, I haven't listened to it, but I got to imagine it is gruesome. Yes. No, it, they, that chapter plays it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should watch his shit. Um, not shit. It's beautiful. You should go watch that because this girl was so... I don't know how she was able to be that composed. Like, mm-hmm. she was, like, flustered and scared, but, like, she had bullets in her. And mm-hmm. she was able to give the cops, like, the description of what's happening, how many people were injured, that she needed a fire truck, an ambulance. Um, that's The description of two men and the exact address to where it is, that's although incredible. she did work there. That's incredible. She's a hero. She is a hero. Yeah. And because of her, um, three people... Uh, survived instead of zero. Oh, fantastic. That That's good news. Yes. However, um, actually, initially four people survived. One of them died in the hospital like that night. Okay. Um, another three, the the other three, I think there were seven people total, mm-hmm. um, were dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire was put out without too much damage. And uh, yeah, the people were hospitalized. So after all this... Um, on the 911 call, um, Melissa, was her name Melissa? I already forget. I'm sorry. Melissa, yes, described the two men as black, but she later clarified that they were Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few sketches of these men, and they were descri- one of them was described to be in his 30s and the other to be in his 40s to 50s. So, like, older guys. Okay, the middle-aged yes. or older. If guy. I had to guess, maybe a father and son or two brothers – Something like that. Hard to hard to guess, but it's sure. It's impossible to guess, yeah. obviously. So they set up roadblocks everywhere, and Las Cruces is only like an hour from the border. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, put a lot of patrol down there because that's where, like, they were thinking maybe they were going. Yeah, it's very possible that, that someone came yeah. over. Yeah. Maybe they just needed the money or Mike's theory, not you, Mike, but... The, 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 that chapter. Yeah. Um, theory, like they were looking for something specific that they needed for whatever reason. Um, me coming off of Breaking Bad, I'm thinking, what if it's blue meth? I, I don't what think. What if it's like five pounds of blue meth? I, I, I sincerely doubt that one. That theory, I do too. That theory doesn't have a lot of evidence. Uh, there's no evidence. Okay. <laughs> to be clear, yes. Yes. Now, in the coming days, um, the survivors, uh, did recognize the men um, as they were um, seen patrolling the bowling alley in days prior, mm-hmm. um, getting ready to theoretically rob it. So there were a few suspects. Now, the description is uh, the first one being a Mexican male who spoke English, 5'10", 160, 170 pounds, uh, brown hair and eyes, and a mustache. Witnesses put his age between 28 and 34. Today, he would be 56 to 64, Mm because theoretically, he's still out there. At the very least, he was never caught, if he's still alive. Supposedly, if he hasn't been arrested for something else, yeah. Yes. No one has been linked to this crime. Okay. No matter what else, there, no one has been linked. Were there any security cameras at this place that you know? Okay. If there were, well, I mean, what's this? There's a picture. No, that's not a... I don't think so, because, I mean, if there were... 
that would be very helpful. That would be helpful. I'm just, I'm just that's why that's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Yes. The second gunman was also described as being a Hispanic male, standing about five six, weighing about one forty, gray white hair with brown eyes, and spoke English with a Spanish accent. Believed he was about forty eight to fifty four in nineteen ninety. He would be seventy eight to eighty four today. Okay. So. After all this time, leads continuously trickled in, and all of them kind of let, like, went nowhere, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and then after that, a week later, actually, the bowling alley reopened, wow. um, which I think is a little insensitive. Yeah, I would but, think it has to it would be a little more, a little more time. Yes, but so did everyone else because it later had to set be sold because <laughs> no one went. Well, yeah, I would. I can imagine that it was. Yeah, that's. <laughs> It's a little bit quick. Yes. A little, just a little quick. I, I, I do agree. Yeah, there, yeah. So, I mean, after all this, and of course, no one was ever caught. Um, after all this, uh, a few questions can be arised. Um, like the first theory that that chapter brought up, which I think is like a cool idea for like a movie, but like I don't think it actually would actually be the thing, is that the brother of the manager, when he came to get his backpack, that had whatever those two guys were looking for. And he just made it out of there with it, whatever it would be. That's uh, okay, but that that has that's, that's a lot of speculation. That's speculation, conjecture. It's does, like, does the did the brother. So the only um, the only thing that the brother really had to contribute was that he saw the two men supposedly. Yeah, he saw walking him. in. He saw two men, and he described them, and it fit the description of what everyone else is saying as well. Okay, so theoretically, I do believe he saw them. Yeah. It, that adds up, yeah. Yes, and then the other, the big question is um, why the like the front doors were unlocked because the bowling alley wasn't open yet. Would the brother have accidentally left it unlocked? How did he get in there? I mean, I, I would assume he had a key, right? Right. If he works there, yeah. If, either if he works there or if his sister's like the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, that's something he said like was strange because like normally the door is always closed mm-hmm. or locked. I mean, right. Um, but in general, that's the whole idea of this case. No one knows who these two people are. You, that is that is terrifying. Yes, but it is amazing that people survived and were able to uh, be able to. Uh... Sorry, I got a text. <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted. Uh, it it is amazing that that the the girl in particular was able to describe. With such accuracy, yes, I would, Mike. I would totally suggest you go listen to it because, like, I think like you would really enjoy like hearing a sensible version of this case mm-hmm. and um, hearing that nine one one call in particular. It's truly amazing. Yeah, like I've heard a lot of nine one one calls that like really freak me out, but that one made me like strangely like proud. Well, that, yeah, like, no, because like I said, that is an example of someone being a hero when they have every excuse. Well, not ev- not to say every excuse not to be, but like if hypothetically speaking, if this girl called 911 and was not able to give the details that she did, no one would ever blame her. No. Because, my God, how can you even <laughs> think you think can't. twice when, when you're going through that Absolutely stuff? Absolutely not. Um yeah, yeah. I, I sure would never be able to, to do that if I was – oh, man. I was uh, – it was absolutely amazing. No. Um, that's all I've brought to contribute. Oh wow! So the rest is on your your hands, Mike. Uh, that is that is a very uh, very freaky um, scenario. Yeah, I have no theories, and I have no idea how this could be, who these people could be, or why they chose the bowling alley. I mean, obviously, I think if they knew that many people would be there, they wouldn't have chosen that specific time. I think you're right. I think that 
there is a reason why they came into the bowling alley before uh, before the, it was supposed to open. Yeah, it was very clear to to I, I think everyone who's looked in this case that they were not expecting the mechanic guy to walk in mm-hmm. mid crime scene. Right. Um, but it also seemed like they were pretty dead set on like and like killing everyone who saw them because mm-hmm. they weren't wearing masks or like fingerprints or or gloves i mean sorry yeah. so i think their plan was to get in get whatever they had to get burn the place down to cover up fingerprints and kill everyone inside so no one saw them wow All which right. i mean seems more complicated than wearing a mask and gloves it, it, it does indeed but then again you don't have to worry about people seeing seeing you on the streets yeah. as you're escaping thinking hey why that guy why that, hey, why's that guy wearing those a mask? two look like burglars yeah exactly exactly so i mean you never know i mean there that's that is very true yeah. and uh you know it's uh you, you never know what their like uh, overall goal was mm-hmm. maybe they just had nothing to lose that's also very possible evil there's Evil people. That's Evil people horrible. in this world, Mike. Yeah. And now, I know a little bit about the story you're about to tell. Yeah, because you said you watched about half of the video, right? Not, not even half. Like, I know the setup. Okay. All right. So this is this is the story of the Austin Yogurt Shop murders. I'll act like I'm hearing it for the first time. Please do. So it's December 6th, 1991. Ooh. Austin, Texas. Wow. Our, our things happen around the same time. Yeah. A couple of... A year, about a year apart, and uh, also also in Texas. Um, okay, so uh, I believe it was a security guard was walking down the street and noticed that um, a yogurt shop named I Can't Believe It's Yogurt is yeah, on fire. I can't believe it's yogurt. Now, before we actually get into the grisly details of the horrible things that happened at I Can't Believe It's Yogurt. It should be called I Can't Believe It's Not Ice Cream. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say it's a lovely name for a yogurt shop. But yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that would be a little bit better. It I agree. It sounds better. It sounds so much nicer. Because you're missing a few sy- like syllables here to run off the I Can't Believe It's Not Butter thing. Yeah, I Can't Believe It's Yogurt. And I, I it don't ends know. too fast. It does. It ends just a little bit too fast. Great. <laughs> Just because we're so used to the to the other product, I don't know. I but regardless, wonderful name for an establishment, even though it could maybe use a couple modifications. <laughs> okay, all but right. Anyway, out of the way. Okay, so uh, security guard calls the calls the authorities. They come and they they put the they put the fire out. But they uh, the the firemen that put the fire out could not have been expecting the horrible sight that awaited them. Um, inside, they found the bodies of four young teenage girls. Oh. Um, 13-year-old Amy Ayers, 17-year-old Eliza Thomas, 17-year-old Jennifer Harbison, and her and her 15-year-old sister Sarah Harbison were uh, all lying dead in the in the yogurt shop. Um, the three of them were lying in a pile while it seems that Amy Ayers had survived long enough to get away but not long enough to escape the shop. Um, Jennifer and Eliza were employees of I Can't Believe It's Yogurt. Um, and Sarah and Amy were friends that were apparently keeping them company while they locked up for the night. Um, the girls were uh, planning on having a sleepover that night. Um, the, the call was put in at around midnight. Um, and, uh, when the authorities arrived and put out the fire was a little bit after that. Okay. Um, each victim was shot in the head with a 22 caliber pistol. Um, after looking around, they, they found, uh, the authorities found that the cash register had also registered a no sale tag at 11.03 PM. Now, what does that mean? That means that the cash register has, had been opened without a sale being made. 
Oh, okay. So okay. what that means, most likely... They were taking the money. Exactly. Is that someone went in and, and robbed the money. Without buying an iced cream first? Yeah, I don't understand I'm it. sorry. Yeah. Yogurt. Right. Um, the the I can't believe it's yogurt. It was, should be I can't believe it's frozen yogurt even. That's better, too. That's better, too. I'm so sorry. This is a horrible tragedy. Please continue. Yeah. The, focus a little bit, but yeah, that's... that's Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, That the store was meant to close at about... uh Was scheduled to close at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So the no-sale tag was registered at three minutes after that closing time. Um, $540 was taken... No one really cared about the $540, obviously. That was not the big issue here. All things considered, pretty minor setback. Uh, that in particular. Everything else, big massive. Setback. Yeah. Uh, the store was, was doused in gasoline and then lit on fire. Okay. Um, so, obviously, this was a huge tragedy for the Austin uh, uh, community. Um, the girls had last been seen alive at approximately 10 o'clock p.m., and, uh, like I said, the fire was reported shortly before midnight. Mm. Um, notably... The door was locked when the firefighters arrived. Like, the door to the store was locked. The door was locked from the inside? From it. Or did they take the keys? Uh, I don't know the answer to that in particular. But it was locked. But it was locked, which means that the murders happened after the store was closed for the night. Oh, you mean like they locked up? They Right, that's what the authorities think, is that they locked up and then the attacks happened. So, theoretically, the customers... The customers, the... The bad people or person, the was, criminals, was in the store with them. You think they made them lock up? They maybe they made them lock up. A lot of things are possible. They could maybe have been they hiding. Maybe they locked up and then and yeah, or or were waiting. Sorry, um, I'm just theorizing now. Please continue. That's the story. very possible. Uh, it's and I should note, it's not a question of how did they get out of the room because they could have very easily left through the back door. Sure, but this it was evidence that the uh, place was locked for the night when the murders happened. Yes, and just making sure maybe no one else could get in. Right during all this. Very possible. Very very possible. Um, but okay, so after. After this murder was public, the city was devastated. Obviously, these are young girls. All of them were in high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it it was uh, tragic. People were mourning um, all for for weeks on end after, after the attacks. Um, the police also got a massive number of calls of false confessions, uh, mm. which is typical with tragedies like this. For whatever reason, um, when which is a very weird phenomenon, but for whatever reason, when tragedies and huge public murders happen, uh, the public and people call in mm-hmm. to confess the murder. Well, people like attention. They don't care if it's good or bad. I was thinking that's very possible. That's possible. I think it's also possible that all, some of these people were mentally ill and, and were confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's also very possible. Maybe people just want to make headlines. Um, so... Notably, uh, a retired police officer was at, I can't believe it's yogurt, earlier in the night, Mm. um, and he reported a pair of suspicious individuals in the shop. Uh, He witnessed one man in particular with a green army jacket walk into the back room of the store without asking. Um, He went up to one of the cashiers and was like, hey, you know, who that guy? Yeah, exactly. Who was that guy? Why is he he back there? And the girl said, no, he's just using the bathroom. It's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, But, um, I'm sorry, but, and so the, the guy was like, oh. All right, but he kept an eye on them. Uh, and the ga- man with the green army jacket came back, sat with his friends. friend. A little while later, 
bought a Sprite, mm-hmm. as you and I both know. A perfectly unsuspicious thing to buy at a yogurt store. It's the thing you buy when you know they're going to hound you for not buying anything. That is the exact joke that that chapter made. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah, it, you're, you're not wrong. They, it's clear that they were there for not yogurt purposes. And and then... Uh, this is strictly yogurt business territory. <laughs> exactly. And this guy was not interested. Also, I am surprised that they sold Sprite at the frozen yogurt shop. I mean, they probably just had a, a fridge with bottled drinks. Still, I'm not... This is, again... Water, totally, Coke, Sprites? Totally besides the point. But I don't know. I've never I've never been thirsty I think it's too yogurt. generous to say it's even besides the point. Yeah. It's not even the point. Yeah, at all. But anyway, um, so... But he bought a Sprite... And uh, stayed with his friend even after everyone else in the store had left. Um, they were there until at least 10.47 p.m. And it's possible they stayed even after the, do- the doors were locked. Mm. Um, okay. So then the investigation begins. We start looking for the people that uh, actually did this murder. That's crazy to me. Because if those people were the people that did this, mm-hmm. I would have called it off if I saw a cop eyeballing me. Well, he was a retired cop, so it wasn't like he was in full... I get you. Yeah. Okay, okay. That makes a lot more sense then if these were those people. Right. Um, so, the uh, and to be clear, it's that those are the obvious suspects. Those are the obvious people to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, but locating them turned out to be a pretty big challenge. Uh, early on, there were as many as 342 suspects okay. for this uh, this crime. Um, two uh, Mexican nationals in particular were initially suspected and were actually arrested for the murders. Um, one of them uh, was – I'm not going to give their names because they, they turned out to be innocent and I don't want you know their names associated with this any more than it already has been. Of course. Um, Good idea. One of them was already – was uh, a delivery man for I Can't Believe It's Yogurt. Um, they – the two of them did confess to this crime. They they did confess and they were arrested and were going to trial. And it looks like we they this you know obviously this whole tragedy doesn't end, but at least there's some closure to it. Of course. But it turns out that the authorities had tortured these suspects in order to get their confession. Ah yes, you'll say anything to get stopped tortured. Yeah, it, honestly, yes. Um, so after. The confession was gotten through torture. The case was thrown out entirely. And I will say this is going to be a common trend. Um, The authorities on this – I believe that this murder was entirely solvable. Mm -hmm. Um, But the authorities butchered it. Uh They they, – as you'll see – First of all, torturing people to get a confession. Bad idea. Bad idea. Number one, because you don't torture people as a general rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Number two, because even if those people are the people that are guilty, their confession after they are tortured is entirely worthless. Yes, and if people find out you tortured them, you'll let them go. Yeah. And then you let murderers go. Even even if they are murderers, a, 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 an illegitimately obtained confession is not worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the case was thrown out entirely after after it became clear that the authorities had tortured them. Um, it was later discovered that the day after the murders, a man by the name of Maurice Pierce was seen brandishing a twenty-two caliber pistol in a nearby mall. That is a wonderful name. Maurice Pierce? Maurice Pierce. Yeah. It's powerful. I, I sure I suppose it it's is. Rootin', yeah. Tootin' shootin' powerful. Uh yeah. Well, he so 
The 22 caliber pistol, as you might remember, is the exact same caliber of bullet that was used to execute the girls. Got it. Um, so authorities, after that report, uh, approached him and, and arrested him and brought him in for questioning. Um, he revealed in questioning that his three friends, uh, Robert Springsteen, Michael Scott, and Forrest Wellborn, had stolen a car and taken a joyride in the stolen vehicle the following morning. Michael Scott. Yeah. And and Robert Springsteen. And they, Robert Springsteen. They, they have... I, I, He's got some good named friends. They, yes, they do. Um, naturally... Because these people are now criminals and were seen brandishing a weapon very similar to that used to carry out the crime. Big suspects. They became the primary suspects. Uh, the ballistic tests that were done were inconclusive, uh, meaning that um, uh, the ballistic tests that they tried to notch the bullet with the gun that that Pierce had, um, but they were inconclusive, meaning not that it was uh, proven to not be the weapon, but we just we are not able to conclude it one could way or be. another. It could be. It could not be. Um, we're not sure. That is the question. Yes. Um, so they uh, they, so they were unable unable to tie uh, Pierce's gun to it at all. Um, charges were then filed against the four of them. Uh, Pierce and Wellborn's uh, charges were later dropped, um, but but Michael Scott and Robert Springsteen's charges ended up sticking. They were tried for their crimes. They were convicted for their crimes, and they confessed to the crimes on tape. Ooh. Now, I should point out, there was no DNA evidence that was conclusive at this point. Okay. Because number one, and it's the 90s, DNA evidence is not what it is today in 2020. Uh, number two, the the place was set on fire and then was, was put out with a fire hose. Hmm. So any DNA evidence that would have stuck would have either been burned up in the, in the fire. Or damaged. Or, or washed away with the fire hose. Hmm. So there really, there was some. But there really wasn't a lot to go off of. Um, so a lot of the evidence that normally is found in a crime scene was not present at this one. Okay. So uh, the confessions, though, as you and I might think, these are big suspects. They are confessing on tape. This should be good, right? What went wrong, Mike? A lot went wrong. Well, let's so tell me. So, okay. So uh, that chapter, the the thing that we keep referencing yes um did show the, the actual video ev- the actual videos of the confessions yes he does that he does and as someone that has watched probably too much true crime um <laughs> I, w- I will say that i'm trained not trained obviously but i am good at picking out good questioning and bad questioning and these officers were asking all leading questions putting words in the uh, in in the criminal's mouth. They were I mean, just looking for the confession. Yes, exactly. It, w- it would be like, um, so a good line of questioning would be, okay, so what happened after you walked into the yogurt shop? Well, I took out my gun and I went over to the girls and I killed them. What what this person was saying was, all right, so then you, so the 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 questioning went like this. All right, so we know that you went behind the cash register, picked them out, and put them on the ground, right? Oh, uh, trying to be like the. Like, we already got you. You may as well just fess up. Right. Leading questions through and through. And and to their credit, the, the confessor said, I don't know a lot. But the officers were gaslighting them. And not only, I will say, that's not the only bad part of it. It is a indicator of a bad confession. The worst part of the confession is that Scott in particular was shown to have a gun pointed at the back of his head all the while he was doing the confession. Well, that certainly does not help anything. That is a lot worse. Like I said earlier, if you torture or threaten your uh, your 
criminal suspect. They'll sing even if they're innocent. Exactly. Um, Because they are scared. So that confession was proven later on to be uh, unusable. And they were both released? Later on. The two actually spent 13 years in prison. Well, I Um, hope they were guilty of something at least. Doesn't really seem like that's the case. Well, I'm sorry, fellas. Yeah. Um, the conviction of Springsteen was overturned in 2008 due to a fair trial, and more DNA evidence came out in 2008. T- technology had developed at this point. 18 years later. Yeah. And uh, basically, the DNA evidence that they found was not anywhere near uh, conc- conclusive t- to definitive to tie these people to the crime. Okay. Basically, I-, I don't know if it was in- if their DNA was entirely absent or if it was just not usable uh-huh. but regardless dna evidence basically said these guys did not do it uh or there is a large reason to suspect yeah. that these people did not do it, it says uh like there's no definitive proof that it was them yeah um the the authorities and the i should say the official court standing as of right now is that these two are not guilty the charge was was reversed and they were released in 2009 so thus leading to be the case still being open or the is case there more? is still open and i was there is a little bit more Ooh. notably a known serial killer uh, known as kenneth mcduff was in the area on the day of the murder and I, did confess to the slangs i'm so sorry there's so many awesome names yeah i know these are potentially terrible people well but... kenneth mcduff is a very terrible person okay he was executed for being a serial killer all right you got a nice name i don't like anything else about you Kenneth. exactly yeah um he i should say he confessed to the murders but the the odds are he confessed to this on the day of his execution so the odds are that what he was trying to do was he was trying to get his execution postponed so that they could investigate this murder he very likely did not do this he had an ulterior motive for just confessing. trying to push off his due date yeah a lot of serial killers do that um and he's just one of them hmm. So Guess it didn't work. Yeah, um, it didn't. No, it didn't work. They were like, <laughs> I, I did, I did the yogurt chop slings. They're like, that's nice. Get on the table, please. Uh, cool. The, he and now then was executed. Um, so Pierce, uh, Kenneth, or I'm sorry, uh, what was his name? I, I'm blanking. Maurice Pierce uh, died in an altercation with the police in an unrelated case in 2010. Oh, they he he was pulled over. He ran, stabbed a police officer, and the police officer. Had, didn't really have a choice to, but but killed him. They have, that's understandable. Yeah. Um. And so, the, but the reason I bring him back up is because he was the guy that was originally arrested for having the twenty-two caliber pistol. Uh huh. Um. And I should say I don't know if I believe this, but the authorities that were that were put on that chapter, uh, said that the people that were released, so Scott Springsteen, Pierce, and uh, Forrest Wellborn were all um, still technically suspects because they did provide evidence to the uh, murders that had not been released to the public. Okay. But I don't trust it because that's still part of their confession, which is entirely bunk because of the, you know, gun thing. Yeah, it's hard to be sure with any of this based on how the situation was handled by the authorities. I think that they stole the car, so they're criminals, and I'm glad they served some time in prison. But at the same time... I really don't think these are the guys that did the murder. Hmm. Um, but regardless, the confession. So, like I said, the confessions were bad. S- Scott and Springsteen still had, s- or, or are suspected to have some involvement. 
um, and the investigation is ongoing today. I should also mention, DNA evidence found on the girls shows that there was at least one other unidentified man uh, involved in the killings, so not anyone that was arrested so far. All right. There was at least one person that we do not know that is still on the loose who okay. did this. at the very least. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's scary. That is where we're at. Awesome. Yeah, that is it's it's scary. The investigation is still going on today. Well, certainly sounds unsolved to me. Yeah, good it job, sure Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. That was an excellent recounting of a true event. Um, as far as, or at least as much as we, the public, are aware of. Could you please repeat that uh, less enthusiastically? Um, good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, tired. no, you're fine. You're fine. It's yeah, it's, late. It is late. It is late. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where we we are we are at. Yeah. So that is uh, that is our our unsolved crimes. Yes. Um. Again, huge thanks to uh that chapter for showing me and I presume you as well mm-hmm. these uh, uh unsolved crimes. Yeah, I've read a couple articles in addition, but his yeah. was the main source, I will say. Absolutely, me yeah. too. And uh, it was very uh very informative, great work. Keep it up. I listen to all your episodes every week. All right. Well, listen, this if was If you're listening. <laughs> I will say this was also I I enjoyed this. I I I enjoy uh, unsolved mysteries. I know and you stuff like, like true crime and stuff. I do. I'm not like huge into it, but uh you know, there are some people that yeah go over the top and not shaming those people but i am not no. one of them many many people listen to podcasts that only do true crime yeah that's true We're, we'll probably do true crime once every like 30 episodes yeah, at, i think that's the rate. average at this point yeah. yeah you know what i i enjoyed enough to do it again yeah me too yeah we can find another subgenre of crime and and look into it because exactly. there sure is a lot of people that do messed up things i yeah, yeah. well mike i need to go to bed so how about we pick from this bucket yes let's do it Time to pick from the bucket. Time to pick from the bucket now. All right, I guess that's the song yeah. that just played. All right, I'll I'm mixing up the, the. Yeah, pick it up. I'll pick from the bucket. All right, here you go. Thank you. All right, you got one. Yeah, it's called. The Pinewood Derby. Oh, yeah, Pinewood Derby. Yeah, Mike, you're a Boy Scout, right? Uh, well, yeah, I aged out at this point. But you yes, were a I Boy was. Scout. I was a Boy Scout. You, did you do the Pinewood Derby? Yeah, that was a Cub Scout thing, uh, more than a Boy Scout thing, but yes. Oh, I don't know my Scout stuff. That's fine. Were you ever a Cub Scout? No, never. Oh. So what is the Pinewood Derby, Alex? It's where you take a block of wood mm-hmm. and four wheels, and then you make a car and race it. That's actually it. Yes, the the Pinewood Derby basically is a Boy Scout or Cub Scout event where you, as Alex said, whittle your way to a to a race car, <laughs> whittle your way to victory. Yeah, and it, it's actually a lot of cool. It's actually pretty cool. I did it with my dad a few times. You know, uh, kids make themed cars. I made the Fantastic Car one year. Oh, cool! Like the Fantastic Four's car, and and you, you race it, and then whoever wins gets bragging rights and is the coolest kid in fourth grade. Well, we, I, I I'm very much looking forward to being the coolest kid in fourth grade. I next am week. too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. make our our block wooden cars, and we're gonna race them. I don't know where. We don't have a track. We'll we, figure it out. We will figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. All right. So that's that's next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Hooray.
That, that that's good. All right, should we sign out? Yeah, go for it. All Mike. right. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning into the Weekly Undertaking. Uh, this is the 84th episode of the Weekly Undertaking. We have 83 other episodes for your listening pleasure. Please find them all on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on wherever podcasts are downloaded. You found us once, you can find us again. Please also leave us a rate and review because that really does help. Please help us find. Please help more fans find their way to the Weekly Undertaking. Future fans. Future fans. They're yeah. not fans yet, Mike. Well. What is time? A human construct. Exactly. Give us purpose. Exactly. Continue. There is no... Now, that's another episode for another week. Uh, but regardless, uh, we have people to thank for helping us out. Adam Rudy does all the music for this podcast. Winston De Jesus does the podcast cover art. They are incredible artists, and their information is in the description below. Show them some love as well. Damn right. All right. I think that's all we have to announce. Uh, so... Thank you guys again for tuning in. And until next week, don't forget to challenge yourself. And try something new. And hey, do you want to go water river rafting with me right now? You mean white water rafting? Exactly. Yeah, that. I mean, that could be a whole nother, nother week challenge. Yeah. You what? know what? Yeah. Ne- next week, we'll do both white water rafting and the Pinewood yeah. Derby. What could go wrong? I don't know. Uh- uh-